What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games. And folks, remember, remakes are terrible. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Thought I'd put together a little episode because I've been thinking about Cyberpunk a lot. So I want to talk about Cyberpunk today. I also have a couple calls from Jason about a Cyberpunk movie. Or is it? I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) But one thing I did want to mention before we get into this show is they are going ahead with remaking The Crow. And I think that totally sucks. I think it really fucking sucks. I hate the idea of it. I hate everything about the idea of it. Um, I hate remakes in general. I hate this remake in particular. I I feel it's disrespectful to Brandon Lee. I, I just think it's a terrible, terrible thing. And so I won't say don't go see this movie. Y'all are welcome to do whatever it is you want to do. I will say if you do see it, don't tell me you saw it. <laughs> I will think less of you. <laughs> no, seriously, if you want to go see it, go see it. But I don't. I think it's awful. Um, it really bum- it really bums me out. And like Bill Skarsgård or something is playing Eric Draven, and that's fucking stupid. Uh, that's just a ridiculous cast for it. Everything about the movie that I've seen or heard so far just sounds like it's gonna be awful and terrible. And I hate Hollywood. I I really I really don't like it. In Jason's latest episode, he talks about Rob Zombie's remake of The Munsters. Who needed that? Who was asking for that? Nobody. Same with The Crow. Who's asking for a remake of The Crow? Nobody. It's just people in Hollywood don't have any original ideas anymore. They're all hacks. Um, And so they have to just remake properties from the past because they can't come up with anything on their own. And I hate it. I really, really don't like it. We've talked way back on the show, way early in the days, about remakes that were good. There aren't very many of them. There are not very many of them. And I argue there haven't, hasn't been any in the past 20, 30 years, maybe. You know, the Jeff Goldblum version of The Fly is probably cooler than the old black and white version of The Fly. Other than that, yeah... I don't need it. I don't want it. I hate it. But what I don't hate is cyberpunk. Because cyberpunk rules. Cyberpunk actually rules. And The Crow is cyberpunk adjacent. It's The Crow takes place probably like 10 years before the cyberpunk world starts happening. It's right on the edge. It's as we're edging towards that totally dystopian cyberpunk future the crow is right there on the edge before cybernetics hit the streets because it is it's a dystopian film god it's so fucking good and they're gonna ruin it they're going to ruin it bill skarsgård can suck it for taking that role i hate him and will always hate him now forever I hate everything he does and has ever done. I have no idea what else that dude is in. I don't care anymore. He is now my enemy. Um, Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Cyberpunk rules. Let's talk. 
with all the talk that Jason and I have been doing about cyberpunk and Woody and I have been doing about cyberpunk lately and having watched the cyberpunk edge runners anime on Netflix. I am pretty sure <laughs> I'm going to be running a game of cyberpunk 2020 here in the not too distant future. Now I don't know the where or why of it yet. Um, but in order to, you know, get into the right mindset, I've been diving into Burning Chrome, the collection of short stories by William Gibson, and it's it's amazing. So it's a it's a ten story collection, and I'd say five of them really really hit on what I think of when I think about cyberpunk, and those would be. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic, obviously, which is the first story in the collection. Then Fragments of a Hologram Rose. That one sort of touches on the loneliness of the world. When I think about cyberpunk, I, I get a feeling of loneliness. Um, then there's also the New Rose Hotel. And that's just shows sort of like... <laughs> Why you don't mess around with the corporations. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic, it's more of like, a, here's how an adventure can go without it being totally a cluster and actually it working out. <laughs> Whereas New Rose Hotel, not so much. <laughs> uh, there's also one uh, story called winter market, which touches on like the transhuman aspect of cyberpunk. Cause I definitely get a trans transhuman vibe mixing man and machine. And when, when do you cross the line between the two? There's also, uh, and then the last one is burning Chrome. And that one is another just awesome adventure where it's like, this is how a cyberpunk adventure can look. And so the other ones, the other stories in Burning Chrome, the collection itself, there's a short story called Burning Chrome, which is sort of the beginning of the Neuromancer trilogy. Neuromancer is another, is a trilogy of books by William Gibson. That's cyberpunk. It rules. It's famous. Check it out. But these short stories are just perfect little snippets into the world. The other five in Burning Chrome are awesome stories, and they are cyberpunk. Like, two of them deal with space, and I, that's just... I, I, For whatever reason, I just don't really think about space when I think about cyberpunk, even though it's in the books... It's in the fiction. It's in the friggin' game. So, yeah, I need to start thinking about it. So there's two that deal with space, like near future space stations and stuff that are very cool. And uh, the other ones are just kind of weird and cool. But I I love it, <clears throat> man. I love it so much. New Rose Hotel is just an awesome little story of this cool heist and what happens when you mess with the wrong folks and burning chrome is just amazing same with johnny mnemonic they're just amazing but yeah i've also started reading rereading hardwired again the book that jason talked about on a recent podcast i forget the author's name it's not william it's like walter something i think um but 
that's a really cool cyberpunk story. So I've been kind of getting into that. But then just today, today, I'm diving back into Snow Crash. I need Snow Crash in my life. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Oh, man. Hero protagonist. Still one of the best named characters in any book ever written. <laughs> ever. Is just a super badass. Um, and it reminded me of who I might uh, submit as my entry for Kevin of the Red Caps podcast contest to raise money for the Children's Hospital in Toronto, which is an amazing, an amazing charity that he's got going on. Check it out. Uh, yeah, all you got to do to enter is call into the Red Caps podcast and let him know who your favorite child hero is, like from fiction, or it could even be from real life, but a hero who is also a child. So I might have my entry once I get more into Snow Crash and remind myself. But yeah, I, I just love cyberpunk. I, I gotta say, it's probably, almost certainly, my second favorite genre after fantasy. And that's... Yeah, I don't know. You know, like, it, I know it's a subgenre of science fiction, but I just, I've never really gotten into sci-fi, and I'm not sure why. I've read, you know, I've read some of the classics, uh, some of the Heinlein stuff, Bradbury stuff, um, and it's cool, and I like it when I read it, but it just doesn't... I don't know. It just doesn't spark my imagination as much as fantasy or cyberpunk does. Even, you know, I like cyberpunk even more than I like superheroes. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm just kind of immersing myself in the genre and thinking about cool adventures, you know, because I'm probably run like three to five sessions ish of a little mini campaign and I want it to be cool and cyberpunky. So I'm just, yeah, I'm just bathing myself in cyberpunk and I absolutely love it. <clears throat> I absolutely love it. I just finished listening to burning Chrome, uh, the short story right before I started recording and it's just, it's boss. <laughs> There's so many amazing ideas in there. Oh, dude. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's that's what I'm up to is just cyberpunking it up, thinking about adventures, trying to remember how to play the game. I, you know, you can run a game with not knowing how to play it. <laughs> it's an easy enough system. It's an easy enough system. You just need a D10 and a D6, maybe a couple D6s. Uh, and there you go, man. Nothing, nothing too crazy. So, yeah, that's. I just want to drop a quick, uh, quick little look into what I've been thinking about and doing lately, and especially because I got these two calls from Jason talking about another cyberpunk movie. I felt I was like, yeah, let's just talk about some cyberpunk. So there you go. Anyway, Jason, take it away, dude. Hey, Chris, this is Jason. You know, another movie we forgot we're talking about cyberpunk movies is Elysium from 2013 with Matt Damon. I mean, Elysium's straight up a cyberpunk movie. It, I mean, it just nails everything just about in there, you know? 
So, yeah, that's another one people need to check out. Great, great movie. Nice. You know, I don't think I ever saw Elysium, but it sounds cool. I, I just wonder, though, does it really sum up and hit on all those cyberpunk notes? Is it really like a just a really good cyberpunk movie? Because I got somebody here, Jason, that might disagree with you a little bit on that one. Hey, Joe, I'm looking forward to my awesome time together with you. I So after watch, re-watching Elysium with Matt Damon... I'll give you, it's not really cyberpunk as much as dystopian, but, I mean, it still hits a lot of those things, you know, the evil corporation, the has and the has-nots, the the ultra-rich having moved off into a, into space and leaving the low-lifes, the poor people on the ground, right? Um, the Some of the tech stuff is pretty cool. So it's still worth watching in your, in your cyberpunk movie repertoire, but it's not the noir cyberpunk that you know, ideally, you'd want. Um, but still worth watch. <laughs> nice, man. But, yeah, do you, I mean, cyberpunk is dystopian at its core, right? Uh, so I, I'll, you know, I don't know if I actually will ever check out Elysium because I'm just bad at watching movies, especially if, yeah, I don't know. I'm just bad at doing that. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe I will. Um, Jason also mentioned that he, I think I might have lost the message or played it or not played it, but he also wanted to bring up uh, Max Headroom, which if you guys haven't seen is a trip. That movie is cool and cyberpunk for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah, cyberpunk, man. It's <laughs> where I'm at. All right. Uh, back to work so I can finish up and then the rest of my night's going to be dedicated to Snow Crash. Peace. Nope, not yet. Not yet. I'll say goodbye on the other side. Okay, so I did that thing that I so often do when I'm listening to audiobooks and that's fall asleep without setting the sleep timer on my phone. So today I have to go back through and figure out where the hell I fell asleep in Snow Crash. <laughs> God, that book is so awesome. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about the audiobook version of Burning Chrome that I neglected to mention earlier is that in the audiobook version, each of the chapters in the audiobook, like when you're looking at your phone and you're like, okay, chapter one, chapter two, is for a different short story. And in most collections of audiobook short stories that I have, that isn't the case. Like in my collections of Lovecraft stories and Howard stories, the chapter breaks are just random. They have nothing to do with the story and it's really really annoying that when you skip forward a chapter it just takes you to the it might skip ahead two or three stories or it might only skip ahead part of a story and that sucks that's just another reason that burning chrome the audiobook rules uh and i i highly 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 recommend it Anyway, uh, what else happened? Yesterday, I ended up speaking with my next-door neighbor, and she's lived in that house for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, I think. Really cool lady. And I was asking her about what Halloween is like around here, and she said it's pretty awesome. 
like before COVID, she said the most kids they ever got in a single night was 70, 70 kids at the door. That's a lot of kids, man. I haven't, I've, other than my mom's house when I was a kid, I've never, yeah, I've never lived in a house that kids come to for Halloween. I'm very excited about that. I got to get candy, but I got to wait because otherwise I'll eat all. <laughs> so I got to get some candy. It'll be right after my surgery. Well, a few days after my surgery, but I'll be hobbling around. You know, I have a fun, spooky skeleton sweatsuit that I can put on that I'll wear. Um, and I'll be a skeleton on crutches because who can beat that? <laughs> Yeah, but that that's it. That's everything, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I started this yesterday at time of recording. And I don't know, man. It's like I was talking to Jason about it. I see 400 on the horizon, right? But I just, I can't seem to get there. <laughs> I can't seem to get there. Oh, man. But I will. I'll, you know, I'll be there soon enough. Anyway, everybody, take care of yourselves. Take care of others. Tell the people you love, you love them, because you just never know. You know, uh, one of my best friends, he recently lost his mom. And, yeah, that was, I mean, it was sort of unexpected because she'd been so sick for the past little bit. But her getting that sick kind of came out of the blue. Uh, she was always healthy and everything, and just, boom, all of a sudden she wasn't. And then, boom, all of a sudden she wasn't around. So, yeah. Make sure you tell the people you love, you love them. And uh, yeah, be good to each other. I will talk to you soon. Until then, peace out.